Good evening. It's November 4th, 2020, and you are listening to Living with Liberty. I am Ryan, your host. Tonight I will recap what we know so far in the presidential race, as well as the Senate and the House races. We'll talk about keeping our momentum moving forward. Yes, that's right, we have momentum moving forward. The 2020 election has held true to form in terms of chaos factor. From video evidence of poll workers not being allowed to observe, to posted videos tweeted by Eric Trump of ballots being burned that were for Donald Trump. It's certainly been a wild ride. Right now, we are still waiting Georgia and North Carolina to be called, which, in my opinion, they should be for Trump, 60,000 ahead uh, in Georgia and 80,000 votes ahead in North Carolina. Pennsylvania is still being counted, uh, but uh, has been halted off and on, it seems, throughout the day. And now Rudy Giuliani is on his way to Philadelphia uh, to challenge the results there. Alaska is still counting, but that should break for Trump. He's ahead 30 points there. Nevada and Arizona are in place still as far as Reuters is concerned, with Trump continuing to close the gap in both places, uh, particularly Nevada, with early vote ballots still being counted there. In Nevada, uh, the early ballots are statewide. They're not just concentrated to either Reno or Las Vegas. So hopefully that bodes well for Trump to win Nevada. He also appears to be closing the gap in Arizona, though I think there he won't close it enough to win. Uh, Right now he's down by 97,000 votes. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. It is 2020 after all. Uh, Trump has claimed Georgia and North Carolina, uh, and a a New York Post story uh, has uh, noted both Biden and Trump are now claiming Pennsylvania. This one I don't see against 2020. Who knows? I could be way off base here. I was way off base on my parlor account on some of the things I thought would happen last night. So just a prediction. But uh, looking at it, Biden, statistically speaking, uh, would need 75% or better of the vote that's left out there. Granted, it is from heavily heavily Democratic districts. Uh, That's still really a tall task uh, statistically. He wasn't really even performing at that level in the voting that has already been tabulated in those areas. Interestingly, it seems Reuters has pulled Wisconsin back now that uh, Trump has uh, challenged and asked for a recount here. And Michigan uh, may follow, though uh, I uh, I don't foresee that happening. What I've noticed in the Wisconsin and Michigan races are some statistical anomalies. Now, being in Wisconsin, I consider myself pretty attuned to what is going on on the ground and my surroundings, what I'm observing, and just what I gather from talking to people. I went to bed at 1 a.m. with Trump up 130,000 votes last night. I wake up five hours later, and Trump's now down 20,000. I do math and statistical analysis for a living, so turning the vote around 150,000 votes in that time frame, now this all happened in Milwaukee County, 
means a 90 or 80, 85, maybe 90% or better clip on those absentee votes that were being counted. Now, Biden wasn't performing at that level in the the in-person vote in Milwaukee County, so that I find it hard to believe that there's that that it was that type of uh, turnaround once those ballots were counted. Now, what makes this even more suspicious to me is the same thing that happened in our 2018 gubernatorial race, where a mysterious cache of ballots were found in Milwaukee that broke the race for Tony Evener, Evers in the governor race. Now, maybe this might sound a little conspiracy theorist, but were Democrats setting up the governor's office at that time for this moment? Were Democrats within our state setting up uh, for the governor's office to flip uh, for this moment, knowing it's uh, happened at a midterm election? He has filled a number of his staff with ex-Clinton and Obama staffers, or I should say the, the DNC made him fill his staff out that way, I suppose. I'm not sure if any journalists will see if there's anything down this rabbit hole at this point. So I'll just tuck it away as a question to possibly be answered for later. The other statistical anomaly here in Wisconsin is we saw an 80% voter turnout in our state. Now that's well above the last two presidential elections. 2012, we saw a 70% turnout. 2016 was lower, we saw 66% turnout. The long-term average, so looking at the last nine presidential elections, which is the data available on our elections board website, uh, is 66%, with the high being 2004 at about 73%. Now, could an 80% turnout happen? Sure, I'd say it's a possibility, um, but I would put it at a small possibility, really trending into the unlikely to happen realm, a 14% jump from the long-term average is enormous. It's a 14% jump from even from 2016 and a 10% jump from 2012, uh, with our high being 73, so it's a 7% jump. Doesn't add up to me. Add to this the story that was reported by Newsmax and the Gateway Pundit. So I've got two sources here reporting the same story, that we have seven wards in Milwaukee that are reporting more presidential votes than registered voters. To me, uh, this just gives me a recipe for my skepticism. I will say this, however. If there's hard evidence after this recount is, is completed that tr Donald Trump has requested, if the hard evidence is presented that this was a fair win by Biden, I will be the first to congratulate him on winning the election here in Wisconsin and move on. Michigan has an interesting statistical anomaly as well. Trump was up by 350,000 votes when I went to bed last night. When I woke up this morning, he was down 20,000, a 370,000 vote swing. Now, Red State reports that there was a ballot run of 100,000 for Biden, zero for Trump. This kind of makes me take a, a, a or do a double take here. That is a huge swing. Uh, Biden wasn't performing at that level to make you think that there would be 100,000 absentee ballots that come in 
just for Biden, and there would be none counted for Trump. Another bit of interesting statistics from the Michigan race last night is Antrim County in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. This was a county that was 62% for Trump in 2016 uh, that swung to Biden by 62%. Now this county, Antrim County, is in a deep red area. The Upper Peninsula is is very conservative. Uh, Every county around it uh, voted Trump. Uh, so this is uh, a very, uh, a bit of a puzzling um, piece of data here. Uh, it has been acknowledged, however, that there uh, are skewed data there that will correct this back uh, for Trump. Uh, the Detroit Free Press is reporting that they are, uh, election officials in Michigan are looking at this uh, county, looking at the data there, and uh, sounds like it's going to be corrected back uh, in Trump's favor. Trump is now down 120,000 votes in Michigan uh, as I record this, so it's uh, he's lost some ground there uh, since I first started this uh, recording, actually. So this seems to be solidly, Michigan seems to be solidly in uh, Biden's favor right now. However, I just uh, received a, an alert. Um, Epic Times is reporting that uh, Trump, the Trump campaign has filed a challenge to stop counting in Michigan uh, and uh, want to get in there and take a look at uh, what's going on with the count as well. So more to come, it sounds like, out of Michigan. Now for the good news. The Senate will hold a Republican majority, uh, whether it's 51, 52, uh, or even 53 still, I think uh, that's uh, sounds like to uh, to me to be up in the air a little bit yet, but we know uh, the Senate will be held. So even if the presidency does end up with Biden winning it, his radical agenda he ran on uh, will be able to be blocked. Uh, Mitch McConnell will be back as the uh, Senate Majority Speaker. He'll have a say over everything that uh, the Senate takes up, and I'm sure he will use his constitutional authority. Um, and uh, take a judicial approach to what he brings to the floor for a vote. Also, with a constitutional majority on the Supreme Court, we will at least stave off a few years of Democrats using it as a super legislature. And should a vacancy open up in the first two years of a Biden presidency, might be Harris at that point, Uh, The rate of refusal on any activist judge the Biden-Harris administration may nominate uh, will be with the Senate. It'll force them to nominate a more moderate pick, and hopefully not John Roberts moderate. Now on to some more good news. Let's call it a silver lining. That silver lining is conservatives will pick up seats in the House of Representatives after being predicted to lose more ground there. There are three seats flipped so far, with maybe another three or four to come. This is huge and will provide a nice jumping off point for 2022 when hopefully we can flip some of those seats that were uh, highly contested races this time around that uh, conservatives fell just a little bit short. Now on to my final thoughts. Patriots, we need to continue to rise up. What I've seen in this election cycle, this 
campaign season is an activism that I have never seen before in my life. A lot of people have risen up, taken up the charge, and shown that they are fed up with the corruption and the way our government runs and, and treats the people. We need to carry this activism going through uh, onto the next election and really uh, forward in perpetuity. We need to hold our elected officials accountable. They need to be reminded that they work for us, not the other way around. I dare say if they won't term limit themselves, we the people need to do it for them. We need to cycle them out after a couple terms, get fresh blood in there, fresh ideas. The less uh, terms they're in there, the less chance for corruption as far as I'm concerned. Many patriots have woken up and broken free from the lies of government. But there still are many out there who believe the government has their best interests in mind. We need to help feed them the truth while continuing to actively participate and steer our government to work for us. We do indeed have the momentum now. We've picked up those seats in the House. We've held on to the Senate. Let's keep it going. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, I'd appreciate it if you shared it with your friends and family as well as subscribe to my podcast. I also appreciate feedback and dialogue. Uh, you can email me at livingwithliberty at usa.com. Uh, follow me at my social media home on Parlor. Uh, my handle's at livingwithliberty. Liberty isn't a given. We must continue to fight and protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time.